It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. I was asked by a subscriber recently to review an article. Uh, The title of this article is Enabling Conflict, an Essential Scrum Master Skill, and I found the title interesting. So I'm going to go ahead and read through it with you for the first time and give you some comments and critique as we go. So here we go. The Scrum Master, as we know, has a variety of responsibilities, facts, those towards the team, those towards the product owner, and those towards the organization as a whole. Okay. They are change agents and masters at systems thinking. I have once read a list of 42 tasks that a Scrum Master needs to do. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, let's keep going. Definitely not a part-time role for a team member, 100% agree. But the reason why I feel like it's not a part-time role is because 70%, 70% of what a Scrum Master does is intangible. And I think that a lot of organizations, because it's intangible, just feel like, oh, well, they're not doing anything, when in fact, they're doing a lot, right? So we just need to keep that in, in mind. He continues, I've always been fascinated by one of the tasks of Scrum Master in particular, that of being the team coach. They have the daunting task of taking the teams through the various levels of team formation, forming, storming, norming, performing, and adjourning, by coaching at an individual level as well as at a team level. One of the most important techniques that, uh, that work during team coaching is facilitating conflicts for the team. It's especially useful if the team is new or inexperienced. Okay, I'm going to stop here for a second and say facilitating conflicts isn't the first thing that comes to mind, but I still want to see where this person takes it. I'm curious. So so let's continue. Let's see where they go. The five dysfunctions of a team is an essential read, I agree, for any scrum master and team coach. I always had the notion that a good team was one where there were no conflicts and the members were in perpetual harmony. I was totally wrong. The perfect team is one in which the members trust each other so much so that they will openly challenge each other and hold each other accountable, which invariably will lead to constructive conflict. One in which there's no place for ego and inattention to team result. I actually agree with that. I think that you you have to understand and you have to trust each other so much that you can have radical candor communication conversations and, and be okay. I've tried this in my teams, and I can tell you it really works. One of my best teams had the team motto, question everything, assume nothing. I was both surprised and delighted that they came up with that. I also heard one comment once, that in the team, everyone behaves like a scrub master. The insinuation being that everyone asks questions or challenges things. That's how it should be for any team. The team conflict is something which should be carefully moderated. To understand this, one has to understand the concept of conflict continuum. If you map the intensity of conflict from the least to the highest on a line from left to right, on the left extreme, we have the artificial harmony in teams, which arises from the fear of crossing team members. Everyone is okay with everything and each other, lest they cross each other in any manner. On the right extreme, we have personal attacks, which is the extreme case of team conflict. Almost all teams would fall somewhere between that left extreme and the midpoint. I once knew a team who was working together for about one and a half years. I happened to sit in on their meetings and I noticed that it is usually one person talking most of the time. 
When I inquired about this, the reason given by one of the team members was that the senior person always knew what everyone wanted to say. I had the notion at some sort of superhuman telepathic ability (laughs) that the team had developed. Such anti-patterns and examples of artificial harmony are uh, many in the real world. Okay, truth again. I feel like this person has their head around what they're trying to say. I just don't know that they conveyed it in the title of the article. What I can tell you is I've been with these groups where you have the team lead, you know, jaunting through and talking and addressing everything and the rest of the team sitting there silently like they're in a a huddle. Uh, Unfortunately, this, this happens more common in international teams than in teams here based in the United States, but I see it happen with both. So how does the scrum master address this? How do they, how do they walk the line and let's see where they go. It says here, scrum masters should enable the team. I'm going to stop right there. Scrum masters should never enable a team. This is me being picky with words. Scrum masters should empower the team to reach midpoint between the extremes, which is the ideal amount of conflict. The picture which comes to mind was a tightrope walker representing the team who uses a pole the scrum master for balance. Once the team is comfortable and develop expertise, they'll eventually be able to walk the entire tightrope without a pull. I just had this conversation the other day. Should a team ever reach a point where they don't need a scrum master? And my answer was, of course, the scrum master is there merely as a decoration. And my hope is that eventually the team will get to the point where they don't need the scrum master, but they still want the scrum master there. And the scrum master is there to help the team maintain its high level of confidence and to help them be successful regardless of what's going on within the confines of you know the work environment, right? So if you think of it from that perspective, the conflict modes of a team can be generalized into categories. Uh, and if you, if you look at all the different categories, depending on a team's level of assertiveness and cooperation, uh, the categories or the shift in the categories can vary. If assertiveness becomes more competitive, uh, then you start to see it change. Likewise, if the cooperation is more, it'll result in more accommodating mode. The right kind of conflict mode in a team is highly assertive and highly cooperative kind, which brings about a collaborative conflict where people are willing to talk. I think if any team we facilitate in a collaborative conflict mode, they should be able to create a better chance of success uh, as a scrum master by affording the team the opportunity and empowering them to reach their goals and results by having constructive conversation. Overall, a very well-written article. A couple of things I would have changed, but overall, I love what I see and I understand that conflict is an essential part of growth. And without conflict, the team is never going to have challenging conversations. And the last thing you need is just a completely homogenous, wishy-washy team. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a topic you want us to discover, uh, learn more at AgileDad.com. We would love to hear from you. As always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care. 